Hello, everyone, and welcome to Meow Mix, a Carolina Panthers podcast. My name is Steven. My name is Jerry. And we are here for, eh, I wouldn't call it a special edition of Meow Mix, but maybe a little sooner than we thought we would be here, uh, because there's some news, some Panthers news, sort of breaking. Uh, The big 13-foot statue of Jerry Richardson, former owner of the Panthers, is being removed, or has been removed. I, guess, I was going to say, of, it's already gone. Yeah, it's as of uh, yesterday. They put the tarp on it like he was dead, and uh, loaded him up in a truck and took him away. And supposedly the Panthers, too. And the Panthers as well, yeah, the, the two Panthers that were guarding him, I guess. Yeah, uh, I was kind of <laughs> shocked. I thought they, were, they may have just left the Panthers there. But. Well, so let's talk about the reasoning here. They said that, what this is the statement from the Panthers is basically that the statue was providing a public well I guess they removed it for public safety reasons right they had heard quote unquote that there were some plans to come deface the statue or attempt to take it down or whatever now I some of the reporters that are reporting this say that they heard no such thing that there was yeah. no talk from any corners about coming and taking that statue down. But this is Tepper finding a reason to get rid of the final exactly. scar from Jerry Richardson. And when Richardson sold the team, the statue, there was a little blurb in there saying that the statue had to stay. Now yeah. that they, there's a possibility, I'm using safety issues in quotes, <laughs> due to the protest and, you know, things are getting a little hairy you know since he has said some racial slurs and that was part of why he got the boot they're like their safety concerns we have to remove it yeah and which i guess is why they also had to take the the two panthers down with it because if you just took jerry richardson out well they could still you know the the protesters are you know could still come and take the panthers down i guess if they wanted to which would still be a safety issue I think it's just, let's just get rid of the whole thing. Um, I did see that it also provides more space for social distancing, you know, uh, when the stadium opens back up, you know. So there's some alternate excuses coming out from Tepper. But let's be honest, like, Tepper just wanted to get rid of that thing, and this is the first way that he's found to do it without causing too much of a stir. There, There was a nice little loophole here that he could take it down, and not get much pushback. And it came out today, which today is Thursday, you know, mm-hmm. June 11th, that uh, the statue won't return. Yeah. Uh, sources um, told Scott Fowler of the Charlotte Observer that they don't plan to bring it back. So, and, I, and Richardson doesn't plan on suing to get it back, even though it was in the contract and everything. So, bye bye, yeah. statue. That's uh, and that that was another thing that I was wondering about is if Jerry Richardson would make a big deal about it or you know figure out some way to get a few extra million dollars out of Tepper by suing. But it sounds like Jerry Richardson doesn't really care anymore. Um, I'm sure you know at the time he felt he was sort of being pushed out, Jerry Richardson, 
So and he I'm was. sure he wanted, and he was, and he, and he wanted some, I don't want to say control over the franchise, but he wanted to be remembered and, and you know, uh, wanted his <laughs> his likeness, I guess, to be associated with the Panthers forever. Well, legacy. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, especially as someone in their late 80s, you know, their legacy is a big part of who they are and everything. Even though he has $2 billion now. Well, he doesn't really, I mean, he, apparently his kids can't stand him, so he didn't, maybe, maybe that statue was all he had left. I don't know. But he, uh, I wonder what they're going to do with it. Uh, they're I just putting seen... it in storage right now. That's the latest I heard. It's just I wonder if he if, if he wanted it back, if they would just give it to him. Can you imagine having that on like a lawn ornament? You go up to wherever Jerry Richardson lives, and like his big like I'm assuming sixty acre you know mm-hmm. massive ma- mansion, just in the backyard. There's that big statue back there. Yeah, just put it in the courtyard. You know. <laughs> In the flower garden or whatever, you know, the the uh, hedge maze. It can be at the center <laughs> of the hedge maze. Um, now, what what are your thoughts on this? Do you think good idea, bad idea? Oh, I'm happy with it. Um, I, it was weird even when we all liked Jerry Richardson. I mean, it was just a weird, like, who has a, a statue of the owner? It's the same thing like with putting the NFL shield at center field for the entire reign of his ownership. You know, it's it's just a weird thing that he was doing uh, that I just, I don't know of any other owners that have done that. Well, it wasn't, he didn't build it. It was a gift to him for his 80th birthday. The statue was only there for less than five years, and supposedly they gave it to him without even him knowing it. They, he like, had, got it all constructed. He had to and know he had to know that it was going to be on the grounds. I oh, can't yeah. imagine that they would have been able to put that thing up there without him even given well, given I'm, any sort of blessing. I mean, I'm that's, sure a, that's a big that, deal. I'm sure they gave him some short notice, but hey, for your 80th birthday, this is we've already have it constructed and this is where we're planning on putting it. Oh, okay. You know. Jerry, you're 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 so sweet, Jerry. Yeah. To think that that's actually how it went down. <laughs> I don't so think sweet. that, but you could be. But Either way, after that Sports Illustrated article came out, there is, there's no redeeming thing that having his name everywhere. Yes, he brought the franchise here, but he had multiple sexual harassment NDAs. He used a racial slur with a scout on the team. After the Me Too movement and the Black Lives Matter movement, this franchise does not want to be associated at all with him. Yeah, he's just not a part of the team anymore. I mean, and and like you said, his reign ended, you know, in a bit of a scandal. Um, certainly not as bad as some other owners that we've seen pushed out, like uh, the Clippers owner uh, Sterling. No. You know, he was terribly, terribly racist, and it was on tapes. And I mean, I don't think Richardson um, had anything like that going on, but. You know, like you said, the sexual harassment, the racial slurs that were used, bad enough and not to be tolerated, certainly not, you know, with uh, everything coming to light now and, you know, everyone's stepping up. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, ha- I'm happy about it. I mean, I-, I assume you are as well. Yeah. That, yeah. I don't want this franchise to be dragged down by that, the negativity that ended his reign, which they're... 
former employees that are very hurt by this man. Yeah. Yes, he brought the Panthers to Charlotte for us, and that was great. But at the same time, he, you got to think about how those people felt being, you know, harassed, and then you know the racial slur again towards the scout. And that's I'm sure that was one time. I'm sure there was probably others, you know. Of course, yeah, and he's an old man, you know, um, no excuse at all. Um, and we've all had we've all had bosses that have made us feel like crap, and we certainly wouldn't want to have to walk by a statue of them <laughs> on our way into work every day, you know. So uh, yeah, I'm glad, it, I'm glad it's gone. Inappropriate talk. Yeah, sure. Jerry, have you ever had a boss that was inappropriate? I worked in the restaurant industry, so that is a Definite, yes. The okay. restaurant industry is filled <laughs> with old. Yeah. Um, the, the real question here is... All right, two questions. Two questions for you. Mm-hmm. One, will there ever be a statue of David Tepper at you know, either this stadium or the next stadium that he builds? Will there ever be a statue of David Tepper erected on the grounds? I don't believe so. I agree. Number two question... There should be, we should have a statue of someone in Panthers franchise history. Mm-hmm. Who, now I know we haven't talked about this, so I'm kind of springing it on you, but of from 1993 when, when the franchise was awarded to us to today, who would you put a statue of? Joey Sly. On Panthers grounds. <laughs> Steve Smith. Taking, a, taking out the obvious <laughs> Joey Sly. Uh, Luke Keekley, Steve Smith, um, Julius Peppers. Peppers. Those are the top three. Yeah. Choose one. I'm going Steve Smith. Steve Smith. Even though it ended badly because of, you know, Gettleman, I I think his fire really lit a fuse for this franchise. I know it did for me as a fan just watching him play. So I would go with Steve Smith over then Luke Keekley. I think I'd go Julius Peppers, actually. Um, just because number one, he's sort of built like a statue, like it wouldn't be that hard <laughs> to commission. Um, but he's so, he's so ingrained in the community here, and I don't know. When I think of Panthers, all time greats, he's you know, I mean Steve Smith, of course, Keekly, you know, Cam, a lot of the recency guys, but Peppers is just sort of he's just such a an icon. You know, not that those guys aren't, but uh, see, I, I think Peppers, uh, nobody would be upset with a statue about Peppers. I could see that, but Peppers at the same time, he left us to Chicago and then Green Bay, and he had a lot of negative things to say, which Steve Smith Steve did Smith, too. Yeah, Baltimore, and, and he was Smith not happy. Steve Smith mostly ta- directed it all towards Gettleman. Right. Yeah, that's true. Well, I, I, but he, you know, he had some negative things to say about Charlotte and then, you know, the Panthers franchise in general as well. So, um, of course, Keekly, I mean, I guess you could do Keekly as well. Nobody has a bad thing to say about Keekly, and he certainly is one of the icons of the franchise. I really don't think you could go wrong with any of them, to be honest. I, I don't uh, think so either. But do you think that they'll wait? I mean, I, I, I don't know if they'll ever put up a statue of, of a player, but. Uh, should they wait before they do something like that with Tepper sort of eyeing some Well, they have a statue of Mills up there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I forgot about that. 
Okay. Well, I'm, cool. I'm cool with just that statue then. I mean, Sam Hill's awesome. It means so much more to the franchise than just his playing days, you know? I think it means more without the playing days. I mean, just just the keep pounding mantra is Sam Mills. Yeah, he's he is ingrained in the Panthers for sure. Um, all right, well, uh, you know, any other thoughts on the statue being taken down? I, I did hear kind of a funny uh, anecdote today. I was listening to the Ryan Rossillo podcast from The Ringer, and he was talking to uh, one of the guys who's sort of an integral in um, some of the CBA negotiations with NBA, MLB, NFL. Um, I can't remember his name. I'll find it here in a sec. But anyway, he was talking about uh, some of the the CBA discussions with the NFL, and he mentioned uh, he had he was asked by Ryan Rosillo about any stories that he could tell, and he said he had two stories about Jerry Richardson. One was, you know, in this last CBA negotiation, uh, not the not the one that just did, but I guess the last one that Jerry Richardson was involved in. He uh, <clears throat> he was. They were all sitting around the table and they were having like a lively discussion. And he said he looked over and Jerry Richardson was asleep in his chair. And a few minutes later, he fell out of his chair during the negotiations. And of course, everybody was, you know, trying their best not to laugh, but. He said eventually they just all burst out laughing. And then he said another story was uh, it's that same negotiation. He, Jerry Richardson, and Jerry Jones were having a discussion. And Jerry Jones told him, uh, you may have long arms, but I'm going to get you on the inside. Like they were kind of like fighting, I guess, and getting upset with each other. So kind well, of a cool negoti- little inside Well, that negotiation, look. the players, he badmouthed a bunch of the players. Yeah, yeah. It, remember that? And he was taken out of the negotiations. I remember Jerry Richardson being very highly thought of at one point uh, from the owner's perspective, like just one of the leaders. And then something happened, and maybe what you're referencing, and all of a sudden he wasn't that well respected anymore, you know, uh, from the ownership leadership perspective. So, but he used to be a part of that kind of the small circle. I feel like Tepper might be getting there. I, I do pretty, too. I think quickly. Tepper, at least Tepper makes a very loud. When he speaks, he brings a bullhorn to start make sure everybody listens. It doesn't hurt that he's the richest of all the yeah. owners by far. So. The checkbook holds a uh, lot of weight. Yeah, agreed. All right. Well, um, we're both excited that the uh, Richardson statue is leaving. That that pretty much wipes away almost all vestiges of the Jerry Richardson reign in Carolina. Would you agree, Jerry? There's one left. One, one left. There's one person left. And I say we discuss him Graham right after Gano. this black. <laughs> Graham Gano. Front office. Of front crap. office. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back. And we're back. All right, Jerry. Marty Herney, I assume, is who you were referring we to. We are definitely talking about Marty Herney. Somehow... The guy sticks around. He, I don't know if he's a plague or what he is. If he he's has like dirty weed. pictures of everyone <laughs> and just has the best private eye known to man on his roster. That's but, your go-to. Yeah, that's your go-to. If anybody's, if anything weird happens, you assume that they have dirty pictures of somebody. 
Well, we know Jerry Richardson obviously probably did. <laughs> I mean, geez. <laughs> He's worked very quickly to get some dirty pictures of David Tepper. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> All right. So we're going to talk about should Marty Herney, I think his contract, his contract is either up this year or it's up after this year, but should he be renewed? Should he be brought back? For let's just say for the 2021 season, right? We're going to assume that he's going to be around for this season, right? Oh, he's definitely in around this year. I think he has two yeah. years left, so this would be after 2021. Let's just let's just call it for 2021. Let's say after this season's over, should they bring Herney back? No. Right? And I say yes. You are wrong. Eighty <laughs> percent of Panthers fans would probably agree with you. He should have never been brought back in the first place. If he didn't have this buddy-buddy friendship, BFF half-heart necklace with Jerry Richardson, he wouldn't have been. Dave Gettleman was definitely right to been fired. Brandon Bean should have been promoted before Devin Gettleman you know, kept his job a little too long. That's fine. I agree with you on that, but that has no bearing on Marty Herney. I mean, Brandon Bean, of course, we would rather have Brandon Bean here. Yes. But that ship sailed because of terrible timing from Richardson to fire Gettleman. My defense for Richard for Herney would begin with his drafting. He's just an he's drafted more all pros than any other GM since two thousand. The Panthers have drafted more all pros since two thousand than any other team. And has that built long term success? Is that his fault? I would say yes, because a lot There's of times been... the bottom of the roster. When Cam Newton has been injured, mm-hmm. was there a backup quarterback there? Uh, yeah, uh, he hasn't been perfect by any means. Nobody's going to say that he's perfect. But I think he's above average. I think he's good. And I think the second stint has been better than his first stint. He's taken us to two Super Bowls. Which is not something a lot of teams can say over the last 15 years, right? Or 18 years, whatever it's been. Um, We've been to the playoffs many times. Now, we've missed the playoffs many times. Again, he's not perfect. But do you want to blame him? Do you want to blame the coaching? Because let me me just real quick. He's been part of now three, three coaches, right? This is his third coach, Matt Rule. The previous two coaches, John Fox and Ron Rivera, very similar styles, very conservative coaches, you know, very conservative in how they put teams together. Obviously, the GM and the coach work together to make roster decisions, things like that. Uh, under Jerry Richardson, another very conservative guy, you know, how much could Marty Herney really want, you know, push himself, go out on a limb for guys, things like that? I just want to give him a shot with Matt Rule and David Tepper now and see what he can do. He's been a GM since 2002 because he's only he's only been a GM for one of those Super Bowls. So if we're counting that other one, uh, as, yes, yes, he did get a lot of those guys in there, but two Super Bowls. So, so we're gonna just say basically he's been a GM since 2002. Okay. He has a, since a GM, he has a total win record of 91 and a loss record of 110 in the regular season. That's no back-to-back winning seasons. Mm-hmm. 
What do you want? I, I just don't get it. What are you talking about, like, how good he is? He's not that good. He has a losing record as a GM. He's not coaching the team. He's not play, making the play he, calls. He was hiring. He's not. He was hiring he, those head coaches. He was firing those head coaches. I don't know how much input he had with hiring John Fox and hiring Ron Rivera. I think Jerry Richardson had a ton of input. And, and just from some of the things that were said, it sounds like he was making those high up decisions. Um, but again, very conservative coaches. Now we've got something completely different here. Herney is a great drafter, you know, especially in the first couple of rounds. He's found gems late in the draft as well. Now he's okay. made some mistakes. Let's go over the past two drafts, Marty Herney. Okay. Okay. You're talking about a great drafter. So 2018, DJ. First Moore. of all, are you telling me that he's not a great drafter? I mean, are you serious? Are you going to go here? He's Do I have not to name that, off he all is the great first? at the first round. He is great at the first round. Okay. But after that. He struggles. He'll find some diamonds. So what? What GM is better in the third to seventh rounds than they are in the first round? I know, like Chris Ballard's <laughs> very good at it, but we rarely get okay, a real one. diamond after the first round. The first, well, we got, the first rounds are all pros, like you said, but we don't get depth. Depth is so important. So DJ Moore. 2018. De- definitely. Great. I love him. Win. That's a win. That's a win. Dante Jackson. That's second second round, right? Second round. 55 yeah. overall. I wouldn't consider that a win. Not right now. I think now. the jury's still out on him. I mean, cornerbacks sometimes have a, a little bit of time. Third round pick, Rashawn Golden. Mm-hmm. Miss. Yep. Gone. Number four, Ian Thomas. Jury's still out on him. I know you obvious miss. Obvious you, miss. You call you call him trash, but <laughs> Marquise Haynes. Okay, now all right. Are you really going to go like fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round yes. here? Because you rarely ever get starters out of those rounds. I mean, let's be honest. Let's do. Let's be fair to him. You're not going to start no, naming I'll, all these seventh round picks and telling me that oh, it's a Kendrick Norton. That's a miss. Andre Smith. That's a miss. You can't do that. Nobody gets seventh round winners. Do they make the team though? <laughs> they draft a guy, Terry Godwin. Rarely. That, that rarely. Make the team. Terry Godwin didn't make the team when he went to Miami either. Like the, it's, it's not so everybody. A bad pick. All right. Tell me who's a great drafter in your opinion, Chris Ballard. I think Chris Ballard's a good pit drafter. I don't. I don't think. I don't. I'm gonna see read. I'm gonna read you some of his uh, Marty Herney's resume to see that he's uh, not gonna put us to a reoccurring winning <clears throat> franchise. He's here's, been uh, here since 2002. What do you want? Here's Chris what Ballard's. Do you want? Every year uh, we're done with media. 2018. That's what Dion Kane, Matthew Adams, Zaire Franklin. Darius Fountain. You, you recognize any of those names, Jerry? I don't. You All right. Know why? So because I'm late not round draft picks. I guarantee you, none of those fair. guys are on the team. Late round draft picks are not usually successful for any team. So don't don't base this whole thing on. So, he's not getting winners in the sixth round. I'm I said sorry. He never, Nobody does. Drafts like it all. Pro and by the, the way, he got Greg Hardy in the sixth round. 
Yes. That's a that was a win until when, when was that until like, it became a loss. Two thousand eleven. Like okay, how many do you ago? want? You want one every year? I want one every couple. Of, the dude's been here for almost eighteen years, minus the Nate, five years. Grover Stewart, Nate Hairston, Anthony Walker Jr. You're happy with this mediocrity. <laughs> That's basically what you're telling me. I'm saying I'm not. I'm saying I, that we should give him a chance to, to see. Himself? I mean, one, he's been one doing year. This for, I just said one year. I want to bring him back next year. I'm going to give him a chance to go through this rebuild. I think it's a given he's coming back next year. They're going to hire a assistant GM that will be ready to replace him when his contract's up. I think that's what Tever, Tepper is plan, planning on because he this is his first franchise. And he, when he came in, he didn't want to just blow it up. From everything I read about him, whenever he would take over a company as a hedge fund member, Manager, he wouldn't go blow, immediately blow it up. He'd go mm-hmm. find things that are working and what's not going working and then tweak it all around. And I think this is him starting to tweak it around, getting rid of Ron Rivera. And I think since he has no one in place right now, I think he's going to hold Marty Herney, get an assistant GM ca- caught up, and then Herney's gone. Captain Motherland was a seventh round draft pick. That was a win. That was a win. I just, Josh, I just. Josh don't Norman was a fifth round thinking. draft pick. That was a win. I. I uh, uh, right now, there's nobody. Right. Winning. Right now, percentage. there's nobody in the front office that I think could take over for him. Is one of my thoughts. So they'd have to go out and poach somebody, which I think they tried to do this year, and they were not successful. I think Marty Herney is a very good drafter. I don't think you'd want to lose his scouting skills, at least. But I'm not sure that he'd want to become a scout. But then again, he sort of has a negative stigma around him. So maybe you could keep him around. I don't know. I guess that would be my caveat. If you could keep him around to run the draft and then have somebody else run sort of the day-to-day GM duties, I'd be okay with that. I mean, certainly he has not done a great job... With the cap, we have the most dead cap space in the league this year. But that, again, was sort of the plan. I think that came down from Tepper. Let's clear out the vets and kind of start over again. And in 2012, when he left us, he left us with a cap hell by signing all these guys to a big contract that didn't deserve that big of contracts. No, I 100% agree with you. and I think, But I think he's done better on this. Would you not agree that... Like, the last two years of Marty Herney have been better than his last two years in terms of putting the team together. And instead of putting out big contracts, yes. yes, Does it seem like he's changed? Has he learned from his mistakes? I'm not sure. I think you have to say yes. I'm not sure yet. I I haven't seen him come out. I, I just don't know. I really don't know with his player resignings if that's going to stay true or not. Yeah. Uh, don't know if it's more Tepper or what. And when he got let go in 2012, where did he go? He went to radio. Yeah, because no other NFL <laughs> franchise wanted him. They didn't well, ask him. Again, he didn't go to he... another GM spot. He didn't go to another personnel spot. He went to the radio. 
What what do you think the other NFL franchises saw and were thinking, "Oh, we got to get that guy in here?" Tell no. me another tell me another GM that has this track record. Julius Peppers, Jordan Gross. Chris Gamble was a great Chris Gamble. Any team then. Chris Gamble, Thomas Davis, D'Angelo Williams, John Beeson, Ryan Khalil, Jonathan Stewart. Uh even Everett Brown made a Pro Bowl, not with us. Uh Jimmy Clausen. Uh <laughs> Cam Newton. Luke Keekley. DJ Moore. I mean, those are you know, those are all stars. We have been lucky as Panthers fans. Those are stars. We've had entertaining guys and talented guys on this team for years. The coaching, I don't think, has been able to put it together. At least not consistently. You're going to fall on that coaching sword, even though he's the one. I mean, who... it's sort of a big deal being it, a coach. Coaching is a big deal. But if it's, <laughs> it's not working, then whose fault does it lie on? The guy hiring the coach. If you assume that guy is going to be the general manager, I don't believe that's the case. I, I think Jerry Richardson hired those guys. Hmm. Or at least I think he had a very big input. Not that Rivera or Fox were bad coaches. No, they were just I mean, very they... conservative. Extremely conservative coaches. Now, early in Fox's career, of course, that sort of was the norm in the NFL, right? But the tides were turning, and he was not. Ron Rivera came in in a very pass-happy league and wanted to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, you know, which worked for one year. Even But even that one year, you know, Cam sort of carried the team. So I don't know, man. I mean, I, all I'm arguing here is I think I'd like to see what Herney can do with Matt Rule. And, and you're done I'm, with Herney. I'm done. He is. Yeah. He's the age of the dinosaurs. He's proven to never be able to put back-to-back winning seasons together as a GM. He screwed up the cap before. Yes, he drafts first-round talent very well. Very well. But I don't think he drafts depth that well. Well, yeah. I mean, I would agree with you there. Armani Edwards, you're not impressed with that pick? No. No, I'm not. not <laughs> this not has this website I'm looking at has worst pick as Jimmy Clausen in 2010. That Armani Edwards pick. I don't know. I, I think feel like Matt, that might. I think the might Armani be worse. Edwards trading. <laughs> Given what he had to give him, up, giving yeah. up the second round pick, number 32 or 33 overall. That that was the worst pick. You basically gave up a second and a third round pick for Armani Edwards, who did nothing. No. I think I would have rather seen Armani Edwards play quarterback. Me too. Just to see what he could do. I mean, especially with Jimmy Clausen being the other option. Um, I think we had Tyler or uh, Tony Pike too that year. Tony Pike was a sixth round pick. Yep. I was excited about Tony Pike. I thought I he was going to be a good, I, a good uh, quarterback. Because he was one of those guys that people thought he would go in like in the mid rounds and to get him so late, that was kind of a steal. Yeah. Those <clears throat> of you who don't know who Tony Pike is, he's a Cincinnati quarterback. I think he was huge too, like six five. He's a six, big six. guy, yeah, big big guy. Tony Pike, six I, six. Yep. 
Did he do anything in his career no. other than play for the Panthers? He played. He, he was signed to the Bengals in 2012, but I do not believe he played. Any any. Uh, well, let's see. Statistics. No. Didn't play a single down in the NFL in a regular season game. Bummer. Sorry, Tony Pike. <laughs> <laughs> well, this this conversation went off the rails. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, did we come to any consensus there? We don't agree. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Would you be... Would you quit being a Panthers fan if they brought Marty Herney back? Oh, absolutely not. All right, then. You don't care. Let's bring him back. (laughs) (laughs) I can still hate, you know, decisions. Yeah. I I know. Well, hey, speaking of Marty Herney and his his first most successful season, uh, we put a Twitter poll out a couple days ago. We have been looking at a few games, old games, classic Panthers games, that we want to go and watch the full game and then do sort of a recap. Maybe not a full episode recap, but uh, you know, just a, a remember the times type of deal. Uh, we had uh, week 13 in 2015, Carolina-New Orleans. Uh, the Thanksgiving game in 2015, Carolina-Dallas. Uh, New England-Carolina Monday Night Football game, 2013, a great game. And the 2003 NFC Championship game, Carolina at Philly. So we have a bit of an issue here, Jerry, because (laughs) of all the votes that came in, we had a dead tie at (laughs) 31.8% for the Monday Night Football game in 2013, New England-Carolina, and the Philly-Carolina NFC Championship game in 2003. So, uh, by the way, all all four of these games received votes. Um, Thanksgiving game, which I thought was going to be way more popular, got 22.7%. And then the Week 13 game, which you guys forget was a great game, 13.6%. But really no stakes in that game, so I kind of I understand that. But <clears throat> we need to figure out, Jerry, which game are we going to do? Do you have a coin, sir? No, but I can go to a random coin.com or whatever let's see coinflip.com oh google will do a coin flip for us oh thanks uh do you want me to share my screen with you so you can see the result sure let's do this all right so tell me tell me when you can see my screen oh hopefully that we can edit this part out uh (laughs) (laughs) So I can see your screen. Let's go right. ahead and before you flip it, say heads is. Uh, heads is the Monday night game. Tails is the championship game. Great. Let's go. All right. We're flipping. Oh, this is exciting. I wa- oh, heads. we're watching the Monday night game. Heads. Um, all right. So we can veto this. I'd like to watch the uh, NFC championship game. <laughs> <laughs> Why did we even have flip a coin? You should have just lied then. <laughs> oh, it's tails. Oh, <laughs> flipped over again. Uh, we're gonna watch the we're gonna watch the 2013, 
<laughs> NFC Championship game, Carolina at Philadelphia, mainly because that number one, that's the one Jerry, uh, I think that's the one Jerry really wanted to watch. And number two, I already rewatched the uh, Monday Night Football game a couple weeks ago, and even though it was great, I really don't want to rewatch it again. Well, if if this concept goes over well, we're watching it the next episode. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, we'll see. Um, I actually wouldn't mind going back and watching that Thanksgiving game. I was in Dallas for that game um, at a family member's house, a house full of Cowboys fans, and it was great, so good. I remember Tony Romo getting hurt that game. That was a fun game. Um, Luke Keekley just had an incredible game. I think he like coming out party almost, even though he had already been a defensive player no, that, of the year. That was Keekley's game. I remember that yeah. game very yeah. well. Uh, so yes, the next episode we will have a recap of the. As this was a January eighteenth, two thousand four, Carolina at Philadelphia, NFC Championship game. Spoiler alert: Carolina won. But I'm excited to score. see all the old players and stuff. People I have yeah. don't remember. Yeah, all those guys that uh, Marty Herney drafted. I'm very excited to see. Very excited. I mean, he's <laughs> only the GM for two years at that point, so most of them yeah. weren't. But I guarantee you some of them were. <laughs> <laughs> and exactly. Been Julius a long Peppers. Time. Julius Peppers was there. Now, let's, let's move on to a small transition here. There is something that we've been neglecting it's yeah. so we got a couple apple podcast five-star reviews uh the first one first one is for derlemek d-e-r-l-e-m-k-e uh yes happy i found this podcast hosts are great yes thank you uh, yes exactly uh sir Minimi, great podcast love it ah a man of few words i like or that. a woman Maybe. Well, sir. I, I assume sir, many me. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for the five-star reviews. Please, everyone else, uh, go rate us on iTunes um, or wherever you listen to your podcast. But a lot of advertisers and you know just metrics in general come from iTunes. So we appreciate those. Um, as always, we want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, if you like the show, please let your friends know. Please follow us on Twitter at Meow Mix Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, you can email them at mailbox at meowmixpodcast.com or just DM us at Meow Mix Podcast on Twitter. And if you leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we'll read it on the show. Yeah, and maybe uh, we've got some merch maybe to give away, Jerry. So... You know, any great questions or, um, you know, interesting topics that are brought up, you know, we may reach out to you, uh, get your address and send you a little something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. That'll do it for this episode. Uh, we will be back maybe next week. Let's shoot for next week. And uh, with our recap of Carolina at Philadelphia and any other news that might come up between now and then, everybody stay safe. And until next time. Keep pounding.